Growing up, the pantry has always been my favorite room. Every time I entered to grab a jar of jam or a bottle of tomato sauce, my eyes would fondly pass over the collection of jars neatly aligned on the shelves, glistening in the dark, each labeled with my mom's quick handwriting. Marmellata di more, marmellata di susine, marmellata di albicocche. She would call everything marmellata, marmalade, even though it was blackberry jam, plum jam, apricot jam. The pantry gave me a sense of safety and protection. It meant lazy breakfast with homemade jam and toasted bread, improvised summer lunches revolving around a big shared bowl of pasta al pomodoro, and Friday night pizzas with my family and a movie. It was a reminder that there was someone, my mom in this case, always stocking it with food, love and memories of the seasons past. Before starting this new episode, I want to thank you for all your comments and feedbacks on our podcast. Today I'm thrilled to share the review that BD27 left on iTunes. I've just discovered your wonderful podcast, Julia. You make your listeners feel as if they are actually in your kitchen, sharing your delicious recipes. Thank you, and I look forward to every episode. Best, Barb. Thank you, Barb, you made my day. We took a little forced break due to a very busy season, but now we're back working on new ideas for the next episodes, having friends over to record interviews and conversations. If you do not want to miss an episode, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcast, or wherever you are listening to a podcast. Then, if you are enjoying cooking with an Italian accent, please consider rating and reviewing the show if you are listening to the podcast on iPhone. It would help us enormously to be discovered by other food lovers. Last but not least... Remember that you will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in the episode show notes. And don't forget to visit juicekitchen.com for more information and new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And now, let's start! Ciao! My name is Giulia Scarpaleggia. I am a Tuscan-born and bred country girl, a home cook, a food writer and a photographer. I teach Tuscan cooking classes in my house in the countryside and I've been sharing honest, reliable Italian recipes for 10 years now through my cookbooks and my blog, JulesKitchen.com. If you love everything about Italian food, big crowded tables and seasonal ingredients, join us and follow this podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. Welcome to Cooking with an Italian Accent, episode 17. Today's theme is preserving the season, summer. Every season has its own preserves, its traditions, and its good share of hours spent in front of the sink, washing and cutting, and in front of the stove, stirring, canning, and eventually cleaning all the mess. Let's walk back into my mom's pantry, where everything began. Mamma, questi che sono? Sono pomodori pelati che ho fatto quest'estate. E questi invece che sono, questi barattoli? Melanzane grigliate e, e quest'altro barattolino accanto sono olive sotto sale. E la marmellata invece quale sai? Marmellata c'ho, di more dell'anno scorso, poi da quest'altra parte c'è le more di quest'anno e poi ci sono le albicocche di quest'anno. Oh bello! My mom stores in her pantry all the tomato preserves she makes during summer. The passata, the simplest tomato puree made for pizza and as a starting point for pasta sauces. The pomarola, a darker, flavorful tomato sauce enriched with carrots, celery, onion and parsley sometimes. This would only need a knob of butter to dress a bowl of spaghetti or penne, as you like. Then there are the pelati, peeled tomatoes, 
bottled with a single basil leaf. Sometimes there is an additional label, fatto con i nostri pomodori, which means made with our tomatoes. In the past, she used to buy boxes of tomatoes at the market at the end of summer, but once she started gardening, she slowly began using an old tomatoes to make our seasonal preserves. The tomato preserves usually cover a whole shelf. Then there are all the summer gems. Mom starts with the first apricots at the beginning of the good season, producing a few jars in a bright orange hue. This year, our two apricot trees produce a massive amount of fruit, so now she has quite a lot of apricot gem. Then came the time of plums, a ruby red gem, slightly sour and my favorite for crostata, the Italian equivalent of a pie, a shell of short crust and a filling of gem. She got the plums from a neighbor. We ate some and kept the rest for preserving. Then it comes the time of the confettura di more, or as my mom says, marmellata di more. Blackberry jam is the preserve my mom takes the most pride in, as this means waking up at dawn to venture down our country road to the edges of the woods, where the blackberries grow protected by the shade of old trees, not far from a stream. She loves this kind of lone venture. There, she would pick the berries one by one, fighting against brambles, bees and horseflies. She comes back home in the mid-morning usually, her arms scratched by thorns and immediately makes her famous jam in a big pot spattering on the stove. It is a thick velvety jam, almost black with bluish hues, my favorite on buttered slices of bread for breakfast. Today, while we were walking, we met her and she waved from afar, showing us proudly the almost full bucket of blackberries she was dragging along the hedgerows. But it is my grandmother who brought the pantry hoarding habit to an even higher level. She was influenced by her whole life spent in the countryside and by her teenage years lived during the Second World War. At that time, a well-stocked pantry was not only a matter of pride, it was a way to survive. Nonna, mi racconti di quando facevi i pomodori d'estate? I pomodori come? Tipo la conserva. Come fa mamma ora? Quindi? Eh. Sì, sì, io quando le faceva la mia mamma non mi ricordo, ma io le facevo a pezzi e mettevo a pezzi e le facevo bollire non tanto, poi le, le, le passavo, no, poi le mettevo dentro un sacchetto di stoffa che andava via tutto, tutto, liquido. tutto liquido e poi la, la salsa la mettevo nei, nei, nei barattoli e la eh, facevamo bollire. E invece il concentrato di pomodoro? Eh, quello è più difficile la cosa, me lo ricordo. <ride> passata anche quella, passata, ma dove le macchie non c'era, c'era così. A mano? A mano, per da farino, i cubuini fini, mm-hmm. fini, insomma, e poi dopo il sugo lo mettevano al sole e si, e si stringeva, insomma, diventava concentrato. concentrato. At the end of summer, her family would make tomato paste. They had a dedicated row of tomato plants that they would scarcely water, so as to harvest tomatoes with a dense pulp and a concentrated flavor. They would spread the salty tomato paste in large trays to dry in the late summer sun. Then they would scrape it into jars, cover them with olive oil and stack the jars in the pantry to use for soups, for sauces and stews. I made it once, drying the tomato paste in the oven. I started with 10 kilos of ripe tomatoes, I peeled them, they seed them and I cooked them and drained them. Then 
I pureed all the that was left and spread them on a tray and baked the paste for about seven hours in the oven. I ended up with 10, 10 little jars of tomato paste. The best I've ever tried. It was worth the effort, but it took me seven hours in the oven. If you want to make your own tomato paste, you can find the recipe and the procedure on the blog. It is one of my grandmother's best kept secret ingredients. Then in September, in between summer and autumn, Nana would make a harvest jam. Seasonal, sweet, a reserve of energy for the upcoming winter. You just need the fruit that ripens in September. The vine grapes, whether black or white, depending on what you have or what is left from the harvest. Freshly picked figs, sticky and sweet, and tiny wild apples, which seem to come out straight from a fairy tale. Combine everything and simmer until the fruit falls apart, giving the preserve the time it needs. Then at the end, add some sugar to make everything as sweet as honey and to preserve the jam for the following months in your pantry. At that time, more than one family would live together into the same house, so like they were brothers and sisters sharing the same house. On one of my grandmother's aunt, she would make this jam and keep the jam into her drawer. It was locked because that jam was just for her kids, so she was sure that they would have enough energy and food for the winter. So anyway, both my mom and my grandmother influenced my love for preserving. It would be reductive to describe it as a habit or a hobby. I feel an ancient urge to bottle, can or preserve whatever the season offers with abundance. It is my personal way to celebrate the passing of seasons. It is like a hymn to seasonality, a respectful homage to the humble produce. Preserving is also one of my favorite ways of procrastinating. When I'm busy with deadlines and projects, this is when I try to steal time to preserve. Even though I have my seasonal preserves that keep me busy throughout the year, it is summer that I will crown the preserving season. As soon as summer comes, my hands itch to work in the kitchen. There is an abundance of ripe fruit to preserve and turn into gems, and basketfuls of sun-ripened tomatoes from our vegetable garden demanding to be peeled and bottled. Summer vegetables offer countless possibilities to those who love preserving, and who are not scared by some work by the stovetop or a sweltering summer day. I stoically blanch vegetables in vinegar, from carrots to celery, from fresh onions to green beans, to make a giardiniera, colorful seasonal collection of pickled vegetables. You can make it all year long. I made a deliciously colored one in winter with different kinds of cauliflower florets. And this recipe is on the blog as well. There's also another way of preserving seasonal vegetables for winter. It does not involve standing at the burners, just a lot of patience and a basket of good vegetables. I make my own minestrone, it's a vegetable soup. You can often find bags of already cut vegetables to make your own minestrone at the market. They change according to the season and the vegetable availability. A few years ago, when Tommaso was still living in Florence and I was visiting, well, quite often, I used to go to a market. It was one of those small neighborhood markets, very lovely one. And there, um, a vendor was instructing a bunch of nonne queuing and waiting for their turn on how to give an extra kick to the minestrone. It was like a priest preaching from a pulpit and we were all the faithful flock hanging off his words. He said, you can add a couple of boiled potatoes to the minestrone, just smash them with a fork and stir them, and you'll taste the difference. If you prefer beans, just do the same. Puree half of the beans and pour them into the minestrone, then add the left whole beans. Give a good stir and serve. Or, and he made a dramatic pose, add a heaping spoonful of pesto. 
In my book, this is the best minestrone you can make. I usually prepare all the vegetables and collect them into a few bags for the freezer. So I have enough minestrone for a few cozy dinners in winter. Once the minestrone is ready, you can add your twist to the basic recipe. In my minestrone, I like to include peas, zucchini, um, green beans, carrots, savoy cabbage, spinach, potatoes, leeks and onions. Sometimes cauliflower as well. Summer is an exciting season for berries as well. Blackberries are the most common fruit in my neck of the woods. They are jewel-like berries studding the hedgerows and calling for late afternoon walk, dark stained fingers and little lips. It has been a tradition since I was a kid. As soon as August comes, we start planning trips to the to our not-too-secret places where blackberry grow. It is a ritual for me, and this ritual speaks of the end of summer, of back-to-school feelings, and of my mom making jam and teaching me how to love preserves. We pick blueberries in the nearby mountains, about two-hour drive to Abetone, where we usually spend a couple of days every summer to hand-pick one by one wild blueberries for jam, for pies, or just to freeze for winter. Last year, I made a spicy tomato jam for our wedding. We served it along with onion jam and local pecorino cheese as an appetizer. I fell head over heels for this jam. This spicy tomato jam holds the memory of the summer sun in its bright color and its rich flavor of ripe tomatoes, slightly warmed by a hint of chili. It marries beautifully a wedge of aged cheese, a Tuscan pecorino or a spicy provolone, for example, but you can also use it in a sandwich, like with roast beef, melted cheese, and caramelized onions. Every time, every time I put a spoonful of this jam on my plate, along with some cheese, I get emotional, thinking about our wedding, tasting it again and again. And for me, this is probably one of the reasons I love preserving so much. Word of the day. Learn it in a language of food word after word. Every year, more than 200 people join our cooking classes. Speaking with them, I made a small dictionary of important words and pronunciations that can help you navigate through the immense world of Italian food. So if you love Italian language as much as you love Italian cooking, these are a few words that can be useful for you. Today's words are confettura and marmellata. I already mentioned that marmellata is marmalade, so a fruit preserve made with citrus fruit. Lemon, orange, bitter orange, or even citrons and bergamots. Confettura, on the other hand, is jam, or something you can spread on bread like a plum jam, or apricot jam, or a blackberry jam. Marmellata and confettura, they are easily confused though. Uh, so in a restaurant menu you can read crostata con la marmellata di albicocche, a shortcrust cake with apricot jam, which is wrongly defined marmalade instead of jam. So bear with us and try the crostata. This is the end of today's episode of our podcast, Cooking with an Italian Accent. I'd love to hear from you. Which is your relationship with preserving? Do you have a favorite preserve you usually make during summer? For me, I think it's blackberry jam. Share it with me via email or with a post or a story on Instagram using the hashtag cooking with an Italian accent and tagging Jules Kitchen. If you have questions about Italian and Tuscan cooking, just email me at jules at juleskitchen.com or join our Facebook group, Cooking with Jules Kitchen. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts or wherever you are listening to a podcast and share it with your friends too. 
you will find all the links to the recipes we mentioned today in this episode's show notes. Don't forget to visit JulesKitchen.com to discover new stories and recipes from Tuscany. And see you next time. Ciao!